Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. My cup. Think we are decked on the sea, clean for them to up. Get me pains of lint. Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, your beautiful, tall host, Judy Gold. And this week, I'm so excited. We have uh, just a, a, a hilarious comedian. I love her, I, and I I, heart, I didn't really know her before. Um, I mean, I know her because I see her at the clubs, but um, getting to know her and doing research on her, it made me even love her even more. Jackie Fabulous is our uh, guest today and next week, and she's amazing. What a life. She made me laugh, and she's just a wonderful, great role model. So... For women everywhere, pretty much. I want you to sit back, if you can. I want you to relax, if you can. And I want you to enjoy part one of Kill Me Now with Jackie Fabulous. Hey, everyone. We have an exciting, exciting guest today. Now, I I just have to say, 
I love funny women. And I love accomplished women. I love smart women. And I love women comics. And I not only love this woman, I love her fucking name, even though it's not her birth name. Not her birth name. Because her birth name is Jacqueline J. Champa. What is it? Champ. Champagne. Champagne. Yeah. Yeah. Champagne. <laughs> but we all know her as the one and only Jackie Fabulous is here, ladies and gentlemen. And Yay! Hey, everyone. Jack Hay. Okay. First of all, you are playing with your necklace because it that is an OCD thing that also bugs the shit out of me it's because just, they're entangled. But we need to discuss your nails. Like, who the fuck? I always see women with those nails, and I'm like, A, how do they wipe their ass? B, yeah. um, how do they pick their nose? C, how do they type? Can you, I, I really need to know how you, like, all right, first of all, you're wiping your ass, right? Yeah, no problem. I even get, I, I get extra clean too. And like, these are like spoons. Oh God, gross. Okay. So, but you put the toilet paper in and do you use the nails to wipe? <laughs> yes. The nails become an extension of your actual fingers. Okay. And because because the acrylics are so hard, they're like you can't take them off. They right. become. I, I have extra long fingers, and when I have to poop, I'll show you. Okay. She, um. This is. Uh. Okay. So there's a there's a tissue or there's a napkin. Tissue. Yeah. And you take it and wrap it around. Uh huh. And then boom. Oh, that's there. good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. How do you type with those fingers? I type uh, if I uh, practice and and force myself about ninety words a minute because I come from corporate America. Yes, I know we're going to discuss all that. But yes. do you use the nail or the finger? Because sometimes nail, you see, nail, you do J- nail. You do nail. J- wow. Yep, J-C-K-I-E. Wow. Okay. Yep. Do they ever get caught on anything? Um, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> like what? All right. Here's my real question. What is something you can't do? Because of those nails. ATMs are a challenge. Anything uh-huh. where you got to put your card in real quick and slide it out. Right. But okay. they but they they sell mechanisms that I, I bought one on Instagram. That's this, this catcher on, on your debit card. You put on the end and pull it out. So debit cards and ATMs are a challenge. Uh, the airport, sometimes we got to put your card in for ID right. is a challenge. Right. Other than that, I'm, I've had acrylic long nails since I was 17. For my prom, wow. I got them. And I'm like, I love them. And I'm, you know, I just turned out to be a really, really type A female who's a real, real girly girl. I'm, I'm, yeah, you're a total girly girl. Now, um, yeah. you cannot, I'm just going to say this and listeners, forgive me, but you can't be a lesbian with those fucking acrylic nails. I have had lovely ladies say, girl, I would never let you. <laughs> Yeah, I would exactly. never let you, you know. Yeah, you can't go in there with that. Okay. <laughs> so that's all I have. That was that is my one obsession that yeah, I was just uh-huh. like I've always wanted to ask someone like cuz it's a part of you, it's a part of your body and it yes. is different, you know. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, Jackie, okay. let's just start from the very let's start at the very beginning. Be- so be- you're be- you're be- from the Bronx, you have a mother yep. Carol, you have a sister Jessica, uh, yes. And your father, unfortunately, passed away. Uh, what was his? 
Lincoln. Oh, I love that name. I know. I never. He's That's the only a, man I've met besides Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> name is. Lincoln. Oh no, my friend. Um, I have a friend who named her son Lincoln, and um, really, he turned out. Yeah, he turned out. Uh, pretty great. Um, and she's pretty great. Um, okay. So you grew up in El Bronxo. So your parents are immigrants from Jamaica. Yes. Um, how old were they when they came over here? I don't know. And when I ask really? them questions about the past, well, no, they got married in Jamaica and I think they came here in the sixties. I was born in 71. Right. So they were, they came here in the sixties. My father came first. He was a cop in Jamaica Came here, got a job at a hospital, and my mom came. No, he came first. My mom came after, but in the sixties, I really am positive that it's around there. So they were they were married in Jamaica. Um, yes, and then he was a cop. But then he came and worked in a hospital. No, he never did copping again, or he never. No, no. It's it's very common immigrant families for people yeah. to get married in their home country and then send off one to go get work in America. Right. So it's one of those kind of things where he so did, to, to make money. And did he yeah. send money back? Uh, not, I, not, I have no idea. I don't know what oh they did. Oh my God, Jackie, I need all this information. And then I don't think, th no, he didn't. He worked as a porter in a hospital where you, you know, you, you help, but there's no money in there. And no. then my mom moved from Jamaica. She lived in Cleveland for a while. She was a nanny. So wow. they were, you know, butt ass poor immigrants who just lived in different states for a while until they found a home in the Bronx. That's crazy. You know, people yeah. don't realize here's a story of so many people who come to America and love this country, love this yep. country yeah, and work their fucking asses off and have children who are successful and give them a better life. And these fucking pieces of shit, GOP motherfucking assholes, you know, I, I can't. I, uh, all right. So anyway, <laughs> I, I get so mad that, that this is these are because, yeah, because that's what this country's all about. I know. Fucking I know. assholes. OK, <laughs> so you grew up in the Bronx. What part of the Bronx? Uh, northeast, way like like two stops away from Cross County. So very close is the freeway to go upstate. But it's as far you as far as you can go in the Bronx, away from the South Bronx, where it gets kind of nice. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. right. I'm I'm at the cusp of it's still hood. There's still shit here, but it's also real nice right there. You know, you what know I mean? it's so funny because you say the yeah. Bronx, and then everyone's like, Ugh. and there is that Crazy. one part of the Bronx that is like one of the wealthiest. Enclaves yeah. in, I think in the East Coast, pretty much. Um, yeah. So you have the South Bronx, and then you go north, and it's like, yeah, another one. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming because I can't find. I, I have done so much research on you, and I cannot find any shit about your fucking childhood. It's so annoying. But did you? I I'm not famous. That's why. Yeah, but you do interviews, and you are famous. True. Shut up. Um, <laughs> you uh, did you go to public school? I assume. I went to Catholic school for 12 no way. years. Uniform girl, 12 years. Wow. Were you, yeah. was your family religious? No, they were just strict. Everybody went to, everybody in Jamaica went to private school where you had to wear uniform. You learn right. about God and in addition to all that shit. So when they came out here, they were like, well, it's the same thing. So they put me in private school immediately just because that's what they do. Is your sister younger or older? She is 11 years younger than me. What? Yeah, I remember asking my parents for a sister or anything for right. so long. By the time they decided, all right, fine. I was like, uh, I have my period now. I don't need this anymore. Right. 
I got my period, discovered boys in my titties, and I'm like, oh, damn it. I'm going to have a wow. sibling. That's so yeah, Why do you think they waited so long? Just they didn't, they didn't want. My father, I think now that my... I've been looking back at my uh, how my father used to behave. I think he was like a, a little bit of manic, depressed kind of dude. Because uh-huh. mm-hmm. he complained, he complained my whole life about money and not having it and didn't make enough, and I'm too much of a burden. The whole family can't do it all himself. Right. So I think it it comes from it came from all that. He's always been kind of like, I just can't do this. But he did right. it. You know, he did, he did it. it every day of my life until he passed. So. So you're 11. I always, this is, I I don't know, but I always think parents shouldn't have kids when the kid is old enough to know how the parents had the kid. You know what I mean? I I, Uh, I agree. Yeah. And so (laughs) you're 11. So you were an only child for like 11 years. A a while, a long time. Yeah. Very spoiled. I I was raised by my mother, father, and my aunt. So I had like two mommies because she lived with with us our whole life. What's her name? Her name is Shirley. Aunt Shirley, and she never got married? Uh, She allegedly, I heard years ago in Jamaica, she was going to get married and found out that he was already married to somebody else. What a fucking asshole. So she has been, in my opinion, kind of anti-men and relationships her whole life. And she's 80-something years old now. Maybe she's a lesbian. <laughs> she could be a lesbian. Um, I, I have thought about it. And I really? have done some research, and I still and- have no conclusions, but I'm still... You know. Wow. So Carol you know, and no. Shirley live together. Yes. Oh, I can't. And, and, and I live there because I haven't looked my own place yet, Judy. Help. I know. I know. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So um, you go to school. Are you popular? Are you, what are you into? Are you a good student? Horrible, horrible grades from kindergarten. I only tried really hard to make first uh, first honor roll because I thought I'm I'm like I can't be dumb. It's not I'm dumb. Right. So I I put the effort in and I made first honor roll only one year of my life. Just to prove to yourself. Just to prove that I could. And when I realized that I could, I went right back to C's. (laughs) And I was I was a C student, C negative B C student. Or B minus C student for my whole life, through, all through law school, everything. But I was You're funny. Too, yeah, funny, which is a sign of intelligence. But yes, were they, were your teachers writing, you know, she has such potential and uh, yeah, yeah. I got oh that. my God, if I could yeah. find these report cards, talks too much, not yeah. working to her potential. And all I thought was easily when I, distracted. I, yeah. Oh my God. Distract other students around yeah. her. Yes. Yes. I, yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's called an audience bitch. Watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember, um, when, when I used to go to parent teacher conferences, uh-huh. uh, with my ex and, um, our son, Ben, this is the Jew bell, by the way, anything Jewish, okay. I ring a bell. Um, anyway, so we would go to parent teacher conferences and Henry, just never, you know, he was like, would just lie about doing his work. But Ben and Henry. Okay. Ben would, we'd go to the, the conference and the, the teacher would be like, Ben is an excellent student. He's brings so much to the class. Um, he's participates, but he distracts the other students and he makes jokes you know, it's just not right. And one of the teachers said, and sometimes the jokes are things I would laugh at. And it's really hard for me. And my ex is like, he's in trouble. I can't believe it. And I was like, oh my God, that's so great. Oh, 
<laughs> so she would yell at him and I'd be like, oh my God, that's so hilarious, Ben. Great. Good for you. Um, but you know, it's so funny because there's so many different kinds of intelligences. I don't know if that's a word, but, um, and yet they don't measure that they, they measure. And probably in Catholic school, it's so strict. Were, were they religious? Your parents? Uh, no, my father never stepped foot in church outside of his wedding. My mom did go to church every Sunday, pretty much on or off. And I did, they forced me to go to Sunday school. So I was raised, I went to Catholic school. I went to a Presbyterian church and wow. I, was, uh, I was confirmed there. But as soon as I turned 18, I stopped all denominational. Right. And I just, go, and I just do God now. So in high school, did you go to a Catholic high school? Yes. Catholic oh, high wow. School yeah. And you said I you mentioned somewhere that you uh, or you mentioned you went to the prom uh, in one of an interview I saw. Oh, how do you do that? You go with the guy. It was it all girls in your school. No, no, no. Cohen. Oh, and I and, and, okay. and I'm I truly believe my prom date was gay. Really? Have you spoken yeah. to him? Not since we not need- since not since my 20s, I don't think. But when I saw oh. him again after a break. Everything about him said, oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. But that would be only a gay guy would be able to deal with, you know, your humor and having fun with you. Right. I mean, well, I mean, in high school. Gay, yeah. Gay men and I are great friends. But yes. I meet one. I'm just like, I love you. But I know. Same. Yeah. But you yeah, don't right? want to fuck up. With no. Those fingernails. Um, <laughs> Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome.
you graduate high school. Do you do any extracurricular? Are you sporty? Nothing in no, the play? I tried, I nothing? Tried ba- I tried out for basketball. They didn't let me, so they let me run the scoreboard. That was it. But no, I, oh no, singing. I did do choir stuff in elementary school. In high school, though, high school, I was really just chasing boys and ha- and being funny and hanging out with my friends. I'm surprised I know how to read because I really did not apply myself. In high, high school was a, a, a four-year game for me. I really did not focus at all. I just had good friends. We joked around. Did you smoke pot and drink no, and all nothing. that? Nothing. Nothing. Wow. I, did, I, did, I didn't fuck, didn't drink, didn't smoke. I was just in high school hanging out. Wow. Yeah. That's I tried shocking. to. I tried to have sex and stuff, but boys just didn't. They love hanging out with me, but they, they wouldn't hit on me for real. Right. Yeah. Oh, but you're so pretty. All right. So anyway, I'm moving my notebook over here because I look at all these notes I have on you. Okay. Yeah. You're the only one that's ever done that. That's amazing. I I do this. This podcast is a labor of love, but I, I love people's stories and I have had so many interviews where they don't do anything. Like they're like, how'd you get into comedy? And what's it like to be? And I'm like, no, 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 that's not. No. Or you got to ask, what is it like to be a woman in comedy? Yeah, it's just so fucking annoying. Okay. So um, you go to college. Where did you go to college? I couldn't find that. I know where you went to law school. Yeah, I went to I went to Iona College. Oh, yeah. A two year program. And then I went to City College, CUNY in Manhattan. CUNY. Very good school. Okay, And you didn't know what you wanted to do, um, but you were watching. You would watch Ryan's Hope. Yep. You were. (laughs) You were addicted to the soap opera Ryan's Hope, which yep. no, it's what was the other one that um, Luke and Laura? Oh, General Hospital. Oh, yeah. I never I was never. Oh, a my God. I'm like, I love one who didn't do general. I don't know. Oh, why. I remember when Luke and Laura got married. I was a freshman in high in college uh-huh. and uh, we all like we got dressed up and it was like a big oh like we, we we're obsessed with Luke and Laura. All right. Anyway, and I, then I, you I look at them. Yeah. I was all my children. That was my thing. And then after that, I had to turn them off and do something else. Right. But you loved Ryan's Hope. And yep. there was a character named Jillian who was yep. a lawyer. Yeah. And you were like, oh, she's sassy. She's got she's Love got her. confidence. Yeah. That's and that's how you realized you wanted to be a lawyer. I was that young. I remember I was like, it's fun what she's doing and arguing. And then I started to find things law related to classes in high school and stuff. And Decided, okay, I'm going to be an attorney. And, you know, that fueled the interest, and so did Law & Order. But TV did it. Oh, yeah, Law & Order. Like, yeah, Law but Order. I I agree because, um, you know, Henry, my son Henry, like we always thought he was going to be a lawyer because he was obsessed with Law & Order, and he yeah. would watch them like two times and then try to figure out and wouldn't watch the end until he figured out who, like mental. And we always thought he was going to be a lawyer, but like you, he liked to hang out. And yeah. be with his friends. Okay. <laughs> you go to college and yeah. you then afterwards become a paralegal, correct? Yes. And which is another degree, right? Because my sister became a paralegal didn't, and she had to take another test or nothing or something. Well, no, no. In California, you have to be certified to be a, a, a paralegal. You got the courses and whatever. Right, right, right. In New York, they had no requirement. I had a I had a, a college degree and I got a hookup from a lady who worked there. So that was how I ended up at like this fat ass law firm. Forever. Yes. So you end up at this fat ass law firm. Yep. Um. First of all. I want to ask how your your father felt when you got that job. 
I mean, he must have been like my daughter, you know, like my daughter. I did it. I did what I came here to do. Oh, yeah. I was always I don't know where it came from, but I've always been like I got it. Even though I didn't get good grades, I was always like, well, I got to finish. I got to get the diploma. I got to get the degree. I've always been driven to do shit. It's just a matter of what do I excel at? I have to like it. And I realize now. But back then, I'm like, I'm always working. I have always had a job retail, whatever, but I'm always going to be busy, but I may not be excel at it unless I enjoy it. That's the right. So <laughs> you get this paralegal job yep. um, and you are working in an office and in this big law firm and you're the only person of color. Is that correct? Or the only woman paralegal uh, or the outside of the, the guys in the mailroom, I'm the only person of color right? for the a couple of years of my meeting of being a paralegal, even the lawyers, it was just me and right. a, a lot of um, financially well-off Caucasian people in this big right. Well, from right. And you said there <laughs> that there are three black women in your personality at that office. Yep. yep. Jackie, who's like, yes, I'll get that done. Right. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm Jacqueline, my my parents' daughter. Right. And then I'm Jaquisha, the girl from the Bronx, who <laughs> she's always there. No matter how professional I am, right. who I'm around, I'm like, if you if you if you push that little button, Jaquisha will be like, who the fuck? You know, that yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, I really wanted to ask you, you know, y- you are in this white entitled male office. What did that, what did you learn? Like, what did you get from that? What did you learn and what did you take with you from being surrounded by, you know, these entitled, well-educated, well-off. And when I say entitled, they're entitled. They don't have to fight for their rights. If you don't have to march for anything, you're entitled. If you're, you know what I mean? If you start with, you know, a big, pile of money or, or supportive parent, you know, you're, you're the daughter of immigrants yeah, surrounded by like these other people. What did you get from, from that experience? Uh, I think that experience, it, it gave me a lot of self-doubt and a lot of insecurity, but it really? a lot yeah. of confidence. It gave me confidence and self-doubt at the same time. Like I'm good enough to work with whomever. Right. But- but I also struggled the whole time with, um, do I deserve to be as rich as these dudes? And, you know, they, they all I remember all of these. I remember the, the, the females, the white females, they, they always had a Tiffany bracelet or pearls and they lived in someplace great. And they, get, they went to an Ivy League school. So they, I always had this inadequacy, like, am I smart enough to go to Ivy League? Can I will I ever have a Tiffany? You know, I was always kind of right. like that. And. It made me feel less than and like, but I got to get out of here because that's why I wanted to be a lawyer. I was tired of being in a paralegal because I was always the assistant. I was always the peon. And you were always doing all their work. Like I know paralegals do all the fucking work. And not well on top of that. So (laughs) I didn't do it well, but I wanted to do it because I didn't want to be their their assistant. I wanted to be in charge. So I'm like, well, to do that, I have to leave and go to law school. So I remember I worked at Latham and Walk into the paralegal and I was fucking up. I was horrible. I was going to get fired eventually. But I took, I applied for all these law schools all around the country. They all said no, because I'm a horrible test taker. Right. So the one oh, same, 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 same. Yeah. So I had one, like straight A's and horrible SAT scores. See? Me too. My SAT was like, my SAT, I remember, I think it was a 600 or maybe the LSAT. I don't remember, but it's so right. bad. Right. Like, you want to get me like extra help bad. So I, I was at, I was at this law firm and I, um, 
Oh, I forgot what I was saying. God, I got caught up. No, just being the self-doubt and all these other white yes. women who were just like start, you know. Yeah, so I felt wanted the pa- you wanted to be the lawyer instead of yeah. the yeah. It, it made me re- it made me feel like the the dream was on that side, and then re- the real world was on that side, and I had no right to be like, can I have both? And I think I've been. Don't think, you think? Oh, do you think that's a a woman thing, or do you think that's a child of immigrants? I think it's a woman thing, immigrant thing, and a culture and color thing. Yes. Um, and the culture thing. Because I am um, a lot of women at the firm, but they were always, I don't know, they were a lot of women, but they always look, they always seem the most tired, the most overworked, <sighs> the most in, incapable of, you know, mentoring me and giving me help. Because they hadn't, they were always like on the part on the partner route. So they right. would be like, if I'm gonna make partner, I gotta work 14 hour days and blah, 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 blah. The men we're more cash and more good. Right. The Cause they deserve and, it. We yeah. deserve it. It's yeah. owed to us. Brett yeah. Kavanaugh, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know what it's like and I, I think we're similar in this way. Cause I, the, the stuff I've read about you is basically I, I share with you the uh, adverse feelings or, not wanting to be bored, wanting to use my brain, wanting to be stimulated. So there's that. And then there's that not belonging. Like, you know, I, and I worked in an office too. Like I remember you you were um, at one of your interviews, you said something about, you know, all these comics talking about, Oh, I'm living in my car and I have no money. And you know, you always worked and I always had a job. I, I had a job until I could live on my own you know, making, uh, you know, I was, I was middling and I was making like $750 a week. And it was like, okay, I can, but I, I did, you know, I typeset, I did all this shit to make enough money to have health insurance and pay my bills. And it's being a responsible, but I remember, you know, person, but I remember being in an office and I'm not black (laughs) at all. And I always, I, 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 as a gay Um, I always, you know, I had a secret, you know, in the eighties when I was working in an office and I always felt uncomfortable and I always was like, oh my God, if they only knew and I have to fake that I'm this and I have to fake that I'm that. And I always think about, and I'm not, I really don't want to be patronizing at all, but I always think, you know, what is it like to, you know, walk in a room and be the only person of color? Like, and it happens so often. It happens yeah. way too much. It's like you walk in, like I can act like when I'm 25, I'm not gay and fit in, you know? Yeah. Um, but to be in an office or in anything, walk in a deli, walk in a, you know, it's just, I can't, mm-hmm. I, I try to think about what it, feels like. And I can't, I mean, I can a little bit, but it's just like, I, I have such respect for you. I, I, thank you. You know what I think? I think if I were to like, really, really, really give it credit, I would say I've probably been a comedian my whole life. Yeah, absolutely. And and that has helped me person having personality, having all personality coping mechanism. That has helped helped me cope through all the, I'm the only, I'm the only, do I deserve? How How can I, do I, how do I ha- think I have the right to even want these things when nobody in my family has it? Right. So I think being a comedian gives you the ability to be like, look, everywhere I'm going to walk in is going to be, I'm, I might stand out, 
how can I stand out and make myself feel comfortable and you all comfortable also? Right, that's the thing. You that's give them, the that's the power of, of comedy. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You get into Trinity Law School in yeah. um, California, which uh, is the only, you said was the only law school that let you in. There was another one. Whittier. Okay, here's I took uh, the whatever test and Whittier Law School in Orange County, California said you can come here, but you have to take a test after a week worth of whatever course. If you pass this test, you can stay in, at this school. And they were a, a really big right. American Bar Association. Yes, yes. And I took the test, failed it. And then Trinity was like, okay, we heard blah, blah, blah. Or maybe I call, I don't know. Right. You, you can come here. So they were, a, a, they, they're not ABA. They're only accredited in California. Right. But, but and I could have, I know, I don't know why looking back, I didn't pack my shit and be like, just forget Cali and go back to New York. Right. But I was so tired of New York. I was sick and sick. I was my whole life on the train. All yep. this, I was just tired and I just wanted to live somewhere where it was warm and my life would be different. I was tired of the hustle and bustle of New York. At 29, I'm like, I'm done, I'm done with this. So you uh, stayed in New York until you were 29 and then went completely to the opposite side of the uh, country. And I was, I, was, I was dating someone who wouldn't marry me. So I was also like, fuck no him. Reason, there's no reason for me to stay in New York. Right. My family was fine. So I just left and and they were did they give you their blessing when they I don't remember because no okay. one no one came to see me when I was there. They only came to my law school graduation. Nobody in my family paid any paid me any mind the 20 years that I was in Cali. And to this day, I'm still angry about it. I'm going to be in therapy <laughs> about this forever. Like no one did, did they call you? Did they? Yeah, all the time. And they called and they wouldn't be bad when I didn't call and they would send right. me money and stuff. But no, but I'm like, it's, it's Cali. It's not Afghanistan. You all can right. come down here. Right. And they refused. They were very, they probably were. And it, it's probably always the animosity that I left, which you can't care about. Abandoned. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's the way it's always been. I love your independence. Okay. So, <laughs> so you graduate um, and you don't take the bar. No, I don't know why. I just scared, scared, scared to take the bar. Right. Self-esteem issues, all kind of issues. I, I'm, and I'm bad. I, I'm like, if I think I'm a bad test taker, why in the fuck would I take the world's hardest exam? Yeah. In a state where they say is one of the hardest tests to pass. Right. So, Judy, that is the one thing that I, I still want to do, though. because I, I So feel- you have a regret. Do you have... Okay, this is going to be the weirdest question I ask you, okay, but gotcha. do you have dreams about taking the bar? Like, yes, uh, because at some point, no, I no have. dreams when you're sleeping. Oh, yes. All the time. Okay. Cause I, this is not, doesn't compare, but I, I was a music major in college and I had this art, this music history class and I loved it. And it was really interesting class. And I remember it was my senior year and there was a final paper and I just didn't do it. And 
I didn't, I got like an empty grade. So I went to him. I'm like, I got to graduate, you know, you know, and he said, oh, well, I wanted, I was gonna, I was waiting to see if you would hand in your paper. I would have given you an A, so I'll just give you a B. And I was like, okay. And I felt, I still to this day feel guilty. I still want to write the paper. I don't even know it's about comparing two <laughs> symphonies to each other. And I, for, uh, for years, dreams about not finishing something. Oh, so it's wow. like, and it's so interesting that you were like, I have to finish something. I have to finish things. And you didn't finish that. That's the one thing, the biggest thing I've tried to do, I didn't finish. I'm, And I want my, you know, I want... I am a lawyer. When you get a JD, you're a lawyer. But lawyer, I, want, yeah. I want to be a badass attorney. And right. all, on my list is long. I want to. I would love to add attorney to like number three. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I, I just got to have. I got to have the money and the time and the patience to sit still and study for two months nonstop. And yeah. Did to go out and you know all this shit. Well, it's not like you you had that time during the no. pandemic. Anyway. <laughs> Judy, I ordered, I ordered a review course during the pandemic and signed up for all kind of shit. Cause I'm like, I am going to take this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have time. And when I tell you, I paid God knows how much for this course that I still can take now, but it's free forever when you give right. me thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I didn't do it during the quarantine and I plan to. Oh, please. I, I had so much shit I was doing during the quarantine. Nothing. <laughs> um, because I, you know why I think it is because. Why? Like you, I never stop. And it was the first time it was like, it, it was like good. everything halted. It, I was like, wait, so I, I'm going to eat dinner and then stay at home. And <laughs> every so wait, what, what do you do? So you watch TV and, and read and just hang. Oh, like I had no idea. I've been doing standup since I'm 19. Like I have no idea how people live. I know. Um, <laughs> so you then uh worked at caltech in pasadena is that yeah. correct yeah mm-hmm. and uh you you started doing stand-up it's i all right there's a m- multiple different sources that i've gone through here um okay. one is i know you took judy carter's comedy class yes okay shout out judy carter yes shout out judy carter wait Um, and also, uh, you were doing stand up at night at, uh, the improv in LA 2005, but I love this story. You went to the Brea improv to see Monique. Oh yeah. And, uh, afterwards you were standing online with everyone and saying, Everyone. oh, big fan, big fan. And you said to her, Monique, I'm such a big fan. Oh, she's not Jewish, whatever. Monique, uh, <laughs> such a big fan. Uh-huh. Um, and she was so nice. And you said, and I'm a comedian. And she said, oh, good. Do you want to do some time? Yep. And you opened for Monique the next two nights. Yeah, I did a set on her show at the improv. Yep. I mean, fuck fucking A. That's yeah. what I call sisterhood. That is what I fucking call sisterhood. Oh, yeah. She, because, she you know, even holding a wall. She's like, you want to do some time? And I was like, I almost cried like right there. Like, yeah, of course yeah. yeah. We need more of that because, you know, they've set up the system so that there's only r- room for one of us, you know, and we need to support each other. We need women need to do the same shit the guys do where they get something big and then they bring all their fucking they bring friends all their along. Fucking friends yeah. along. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
You also were married. Is that correct? For, for eight months. Um, I need to know a little bit more about that. He's the boyfriend I had when I lived in New York when I was here before I moved for eight, between seven and nine years. Right. I met him in college. And we, for the first three or four years, like I really, you know, madly in love, but then I fell right. out of love. But I stayed with him because I was very comfortable, very right. safe. He was a big, strong, a scary dude. So I felt great. And, but then when I started getting like, I guess, growing pains, I'm like, well, you won't marry me. Why will I stay here? And I moved to Cali and he followed me. It was very dramatic uh, soap opera. Don't leave. How are you? I'm like, I told you I was leaving. He didn't believe right. me and my family did not know I was leaving. So when I moved, went to Cali, of course, I had all the remorse and I missed him and, and the phone calls and he chased me and we came out here. And then he's like, yeah, he proposed when, we, when he came out to Cali. And I'm like, all right, well, we might as well. We've been together all this time, not realizing it was already over. But because I was lonely and missed him and blah, blah, right. blah. We eloped at the Little Church of the West in Vegas. I'm in Vegas now. It was probably down the street. And we, we eloped. And then after we eloped, I had this incredible feeling of buyer's remorse of why did I get <laughs> What I did he do for what, what did he do for a living? He, he passed the bar. He, was, he went to Brooklyn Law School. He was also a dean of elementary school in wow. the South. Upstanding citizen, star athlete, skipped skip many grades, very smart. And he had street sensibility. So he had the mixture of right. the hood and the, the, uh, the book smart. Right. And he was 6'4 and gorgeous. But I was just, I fell out of love. I was with him too long. I, You know how you're really young and you stick no. with one person? Cause you're yes. Like, oh, yes, because you think you're never going to get anyone else and this yeah. is it and don't let yeah. it go. So did he come out to California and yeah, stay? He, he came out. No, he didn't. He, Right before he was about to get a job out here and got out there and moved back, that's when I divorced him. I divorced him by myself at my immigration law firm job where I used wow. to work. Wow. No money. We had no money, assets, or kids. So a divorce when you have nothing is actually it's, quite it's easy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I understand now why you are upset with your family because, God, you went through so much shit by yourself. Yeah, well, you know, immigrants, I think people overall over a certain uh, certain generation, they just don't deal with emotional intelligence. Yeah. They're just like, well, yes. we just need to eat and keep this house. Right, right, right. That's <laughs> absolutely true. And then you yeah. have feelings and you're like, oh, I can't talk about this with them because no. they're, yeah, I know. I remember, it, I, remember, I remember I said to my mother during the lockdown, like, mom, you don't understand. I might lose my mind. Like, I can't right. not perform and I don't want to do the job I've had. I'm depressed. And she was like, you know, depressed. Jesus, you're not depressed. What are you depressed about? You're sick. Yeah, you're, you're happy and you have money and you work and you're pretty and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that is not the way right. mental health work. But, you know, they you can't. They don't understand. I remember. I, I think I've told the story. I, I went through a very bad clinical depression. OK. And um, like to the point I couldn't speak. Someone said, mm. go go get a cart carton of milk at the corner. I'd be like, I, I can't leave. I was really bad. And mm -hmm. I, I would call my mother and we're pro mental health. My parents went to therapy. Everyone goes to therapy, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was such a bad depression. And I would call her up and every day she would say, are you better? Are you better? Are you better? Are you better? Are you better today? Are you better? And I'm like, ma, it doesn't no. Okay. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with the one and only Jackie Fabulous. How fabulous. I know you knew I was going to say that. Well, whatever. Uh, so funny. So great. So interesting. I love her. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. 
and uh, everything else, marketing, whatever, everything else having to do with this podcast in my life is done and gets done because of Brittany Joe Sowards. If you have not subscribed and left a review, I hate your guts because then more people can find it and I can keep doing it. I know I keep threatening you, but it might be um, more than a threat. Okay? Because I, you know, I need to be successful in my podcast. My book, Yes, I Can Say That, is everywhere. So you should be getting, you should have read it. If not, get the audiobook. I know you're traveling with your family. There's some curse words, but it's a great audiobook. So, yes, I can say that when the Comfort the Comedians were all in trouble. Also, you can check me out online. Well, at judygold.com, you're going to hear, you can see what I'm doing, where I'm doing it. Um, I am in Provincetown at the Art House every Tuesday and Wednesday until August 31st, 7.30 p.m. So get your asses there if you're on the Cape. I'm going to be at Camp Rehoboth in Rehoboth Beach, Labor Day weekend. I'm very excited. The big gala on uh, September 3rd. And then I am going to be um, signing books at Browse About Books on the 4th. So if you're in the Rehoboth area, get your asses there. What else is going on? I can't believe that motherfucker isn't in jail. I can't believe what's going on in this country, but I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be positive. You know, I am not going to be positive. You know, we all need to laugh and laughter is important, but can you fucking believe what's going on in this country? I know I say that all the time, but it it really is irritating. Uh, Summer's almost over, which I hate. I really hate it. I love the summer. I love the beginning of the summer because I know it's going to be summer. And then at the end of the summer, I'm like, fuck, it's not going to be summer anymore. And then I get upset, which is main, mainly means that I need to move to a warmer climate in the wintertime like most old Jews. So, I don't know, that's it. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, I could ramble on and on, but why bother? You have lives. You have lives. So, um, I want to say thank you for listening. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. You know, and thank you for your love and support. I love you. I mean it. I really love doing the podcast and doing research uh, but it takes up a lot of my time so you've got to tell people about it so I can make some dinero alright that's it I don't know what else to tell you uh, thank you for listening enjoy the last two weeks of summer <laughs> and uh, as we always say so long g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g